Stephen C. Productions. At Peace Park in Austin, uh, we built something called this tree structure. Kind of looks like the Death Star, really. It's this massive ball of metal that uh, we put a net in. We were actually able to actually go inside of it and lay down on that net. In, in commercial construction, most of the time you're not able to go back into it. I'm actually glad uh, I was a part of that. It's something I could actually enjoy. I could actually go back there and do that. And that tree structure there, that's something pretty, uh, pretty elegant. What's up, what's up? Welcome to Talking From Experience. If you're a day one, welcome back. And if you didn't know, you're about to learn. My name is Steven and I am your host. Today I'll be talking with my friend Steve Suarez. He is the assistant superintendent of some kind of construction thing or something. And this is a pretty relaxed episode, man. It's just two friends catching up. Had a little bit of technical difficulties in the beginning, but ultimately I was able to uh, figure something out and we were able to put something together. So here you go. A guy went to go pour a, a slab of concrete out in the middle of nowhere, actually. Um, and then the concrete ended up cracking all over the place. And it's really hard to get uh, concrete in rural places. Like getting a mixer to go into like some uh, backwoods area, basically, and drive up mountains and shit just to pour concrete. And then this guy was basically the lowest bidder type of thing, right? He poured his concrete and a few days later just started cracking. It was a poorly mixed concrete. And it just, it ended up being so bad. I, I, we ended up building a shed over it, whatnot, but we had to do a lot of repair work for his concrete, too. It's like, wow. Like, things like that, like, lowest bidders are just crazy, man. Yeah, and then now with the uh, sand shortage? I don't know about sand shortage, but there's definitely, like, something going on with concrete now. Whenever we schedule out concrete, we do it for, like, four weeks out for our concrete, and we, we pour maybe... A good hundred yards a week at the minimum. Sometimes we pour hundred yards a day. We pour sheer walls and things like that. But it's been so competitive, so it's it's been a big hassle with concrete. So I feel bad for like the the little guy that just orders twenty yards of concrete and he's held on hold for how many days? Who mm -hmm. knows? He's left uh, on call. They'll call him whenever they have the concrete available for him because the the work I'm doing. Let's say that I decided to book a hundred yards every day for a month. And then there, there's a concrete, uh, what do you call it? Uh, I know the word, I just can't remember what the, what the hell that word is. Well, anywho, yeah, they, they're, they're left to ration their concrete out. Every day they could only uh, give an X amount because they're allocated a certain quantity every month by uh, the, their, uh, their distributed, distributors of sorts for concrete, or cement, I mean, get cement rations. Mm -hmm. See, that's pretty crazy. Dude, yeah, that all sounds um complex. <laughs> I had a buddy of mine actually. Um, he's right now he's working on a stretch of highway connecting um Louisiana and Texas, like on the border. I think I ten. That sounds really hectic. Two different states uh, trying to deal with their whole <clears throat> different uh, requirements. Yeah, I think one side uses asphalt, the other one uses concrete. Oh wow, those are the worst joints too. Man. Mm -hmm. Like you'll basically see the difference within like three, four years after you have all you have all your semi trucks just your eighteen wheelers drive over them, and I don't know, nothing beats concrete in terms of strength whenever you're dealing with roads. But I don't know, asphalt's a pretty cheap alternative. Dang, so asphalt just gives way right, <laughs> real quick. I mean, it's nice. It's easy to patch concrete. It's it's annoying to patch. It takes so much work. You have to basically saw it out. 
chip it out and then remove it. With asphalt, you could just do something called a hot patch or something. You could remove that asphalt too. It's not as difficult to remove. Mm-hmm. You still be able to saw it and everything, but a hot patch, you could just patch over a certain area. It's it's easier to maintain, but it has a shorter lifespan. Or not not even that really. Just you got to use it um, in the right locations. Yeah, yeah, that makes like sense. Like in a parking lot at Walmart. Yeah, use asphalt. But like, let's say in the section of your loading dock area, use concrete. You're gonna have large trucks driving mm-hmm. there. That yeah, makes sense, man. So we're up and running, dude. I got this thing. You got it. <laughs> yeah. That's it. It's working. All right. Cheers, man. All right. Cheers. So, what was it you were building again in it's Austin? A, in Austin, I'm building a. Uh, I'm assisting building a 48 story building in uh, downtown Austin. So it's a three-year-long project. The structural aspect should be roughly two and a half years. There's a lot of concrete, a lot of steel, a lot of elevators. There's a whole bunch of stuff uh, Yeah, that goes into those high-rise buildings you see in downtowns. Freaking high-rises, man. You know, they're really expensive, man. They're really expensive things to have, especially downtown. Right? Downtown Austin in particular is just booming so much. Like, I think they're building one of their uh, the tallest buildings in Texas right now. They're starting to build it. So I think it's over uh, a thousand uh, feet. It'll be pretty massive. It'll be taller than the supposed to be taller than the Chase Tower, I think, right now. Oh wow! Yeah, it'll be pretty big. They got all them California people coming in. <laughs> oh yeah, you have Tesla. That I think wow. I think they're done. I'm not sure if they're done yet, but I know they were building a uh, a, a mega factory. I forgot what they called it. A gigafactory or something. I forgot. They have a name for it. They're gonna be uh, manufacturing cars there. I don't really, I don't really know. All I know is they they took up a lot of the concrete uh, their supply basically. <laughs> so that yeah, they beat you to it. They, they beat someone to it. I haven't we haven't had that issue yet since we've been booking for so long. So. Okay, that's interesting, man. I never I never thought about construction companies fighting over the concrete. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's such a little like I don't want to say it's petty, but it's first come first serve type of thing so you want to ask for as much as you can wow. and then when the day comes you'll like limit the actual concrete you have so that'll just annoy whoever didn't get any concrete because you end up not using all of it yeah pretty i may end up not ordering all of it mm. I mean, that that i don't know i guess that's a whole covid thing that happened and like uh companies not being open i don't know if it's a covid thing or if it's just not i don't know not enough concrete being uh i mean cement being uh mined out or uh, however they extract it i think it was a COVID thing now it's just an excuse yeah it's kind of <laughs> like what the price of wood just skyrocketed right now i think like mm. two by four is more than doubled it's just something crazy the the cost of wood uh we started changing the type of uh stakes we used to make formwork for concrete uh we started using these metal uh metal stakes two foot long things to hold our formwork in place what were you using before but two by fours, we just rip a two by four wow. and be a little sacrificial piece, or you use it around. But those uh, metal stakes just last a lot longer. In a way, you, it made us uh, save material. Actually, it's it's like you bought, you invested in something wow, yeah. that'll last you a lot more mm-hmm. now. So instead of just tossing that piece of two by four after you had done, well, no, now I'm gonna take it to my next job. Mm-hmm. You know, that that piece of metal will travel with you a lot longer than that piece of wood then that's cool you end up saving money in the long run i mean in a way it is expensive but it, it is um yeah it's, 
It's actually one of the good things, actually, in my opinion. You're not wrong, man. I was looking at um, putting up a fence around my grandma's house. I think it was like, it was going to, total was going to be like about three grand. Yeah, it's like crazy. Like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. The property is not that big. You know, it's not small, but I mean, it's not like it's huge. Yeah, it's like a sheet of plywood costs like, I think like a four, four by eight sheet is like, it's like. 60 bucks or 70 bucks or something like that's crazy man yeah it's like wow it also depends on what type of wood you're getting too but like yeah it's just so expensive now it's crazy just trying to build a house right now everything's just so expensive now your housing market your dollar doesn't get you what you want either mm-hmm. it's like that's what also makes like it's construction really expensive now too is like whenever you want to buy something if you mess up it's you have to buy it again it's like, wow, man, you learned the true value of something then. <laughs> I think, um, like, master builder is going to have to start charging more. Oh, yeah, man. If anybody building a house, I'm sure anybody buying a house right now knows the cost of everything is just so astronomical right now. Like, wow. I want to buy a house, too, right now. A lot of my colleagues are buying houses, and I'm like, well, that's my next step. I, I finished school. I I don't have any student loans. Well, I guess the next thing to do is buy a property, live in a house, and move out of the apartments. It's just, wow, they're so expensive. Even building your own house is expensive. All the materials you take to build it is just, wow, it's crazy. Yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to buy a, um, build a house from scratch. But oh, What's that What's that video with that Tesla Tesla mobile home or something? Oh, yeah. That might be the best bet. <laughs> what are those, uh, what are they calling them? Like mini homes or something like that? I have no idea, man. That would probably be a cool thing to invest in. Just screw it, man. I'm going to attach that to my truck and just uh, live off of that. No, it's like, um, I think, I-, I forgot what store was selling them, like Home Depot or Lowe's or something. Oh, you could buy a cheap uh, yeah, shed from Home yeah, Depot, yeah. too. Yeah, so, yeah. So they, they have these two-story sheds that people are turning <laughs> into, like, little condo houses, like, they they put their stuff like I I think they buy it and then they they get the material to reinforce it. God. And then they they convert those into like mini homes. You know those shipping containers? I think they're called connexes. Oh yeah, dude, those are awesome. I want to buy two of those things, have one buried underground, have that as like a basement, and then slap another one up top and have that as a home. And the structure itself is probably like a good sixty percent. No, no, not six. I think like thirty or forty percent of your your cost right there. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Sticking one of them underground. Yeah, it's like I think they're like five thousand dollars or something. So that'd be pretty convenient. Oh my gosh, that's not bad. Uh, Especially the whole COVID thing, where like materials were stopped, uh, weren't being delivered or shipped. So like, like, uh, uh, what was it? Um, shipping places just ended up having stockpiles of them there. Yeah. They ended up paying uh, for uh, for space to store them in. And yeah. God, man, that, that's a good place to... That, that would have been a good good time to buy those. Mm-hmm. I, I was looking at land whenever I lived in Arizona, like um, a few months back uh, when, I li- when I lived in uh, Phoenix. I was looking at land up north near Flagstaff. Flagstaff's such a nice place. I wanted to live uh, maybe like two hours from there. It sounded like a pretty sweet gig there. Um, but like, yeah, dude, like if you live out there, like where are all the jobs, man? Where are you going to yeah, work true. at? You get me? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Well, my goal is to be a digital nomad. Digital nomad. Yeah, so I'll work from my computer from wherever I want. Oh, yeah. And so if you want to do a podcast, you could just straight up live stream it. Like, not live stream. What is it? Call them. Yeah, yeah. Call oh, in, man. Call shoot. In. But no, actually, I would want probably be around here. I, I like I like Houston, man. It's a really good 
really good city is popping there's stuff around here going on oh yeah every city is awesome like phoenix is cool austin is awesome Houston's great i think i want to move to denver that's my next place man people tell me that like if, if you're from the coast you, you'll miss the coast but i was in the desert for a little while there and i really liked it too man. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I didn't see a difference man I, honestly i wouldn't care where i'm at dude as long as i'm away from trains <laughs> i don't i don't want to hear any trains <laughs> like that's one of my biggest thing like growing up here like freaking port city dude no matter where you're at you hear trains i'm like one of my i know i've made it in life like i've accomplished everything i want to do when i can go to sleep and not wake up to a freaking train <laughs> my, my biggest like pet peeve not, not mine really my mom when she take me to school when i was in elementary we'd have to cross over train tracks right and sometimes those things would take forever man we'd be waiting in line to, uh, on the street waiting to drive through and the train will cross through. So I was already like five minutes late. Now I'm going to be a half hour late. Yeah. No. Then they, they freaking stop. <laughs> and they stop. Yeah. And you're just there like, okay, now I got to figure out a way to get around you it. You can't because they're like jammed or like <laughs> you do. A, yeah. They're so long, man. That's crazy. Damn, man. Have you ever run, uh, been on a train before? Besides the whole Metro Rail thing here. Like traveled on a train? Yeah, a travel train. No, I've been like I've I've ridden a train. Like you know, you grab onto the side. <laughs> <laughs> but never like for actual travel. Never actual travel. No, have you? No, no, but I've been looking at that. That sounds pretty cool to travel the country on a train here. Well they're they're supposed to be building like an Amtrak or something like that. No, they have Amtraks here already. It's just uh they're not as glamorous as the European ones or whatever or the the Japanese ones or whatever. Their train system's just a lot better. Mm. I think that'd be pretty cool to travel around the U.S. on train. Bullet train. Oh, yeah. Bullet train, right? That'd be fun. That'd be pretty cool concept. <laughs> Go like a thousand miles an hour. Yeah, you'd make a lot of work there building that thing. Mm, true. I mean, no, you, you could just use existing, but the thing with train tracks for the U.S. is they're all private. I think 99% of them are like privately owned or something. So you like you can't really have a concept of a bullet train unless you make your own new tracks or something, or else you'll be waiting in line until like another train passes by or yeah because they're all privately owned so yeah. you'll never really have a um, priority. How big a role do uh, do trains play in your line of work? I'm pretty sure they affect me somewhere along the lines because since I we're ordering a lot of material. Mm-hmm. But I think for the most part, we get everything delivered through trailer. Actually, today we're getting a crane uh, pieces delivered and 18 wheelers. We're just dropping them off. But uh, I'm sure trains play something along the lines. We're ordering nails, plywood, two by fours. Uh, hell, I'm sure even the concrete, uh, the cement, uh, the fly ash, all that gets delivered, I'm sure, to the plant by train i mean that'd be the most efficient th way to transport it those big old containers man yeah pretty much like how we ordered a bundle of two by fours i think it's like 250 two by fours i think mm -hmm. dude you can't just ship one you might as well just put them on a train somewhere because we get them from distributors here we buy it from them but i'm sure they stockpile that stuff yeah. there kind of like um like Amazon, I'm sure they have a spot here where they just get a train delivery of stuff. I'm sure they don't use that same Amazon truck to get everything delivered to them. Yeah. 
That's crazy, man. Trains are like one of the first, um, like for long distance transportation. Well, probably the, one of the most, the, the one of the first and most effective ways to. Yeah, and land, yeah. Just 100%. Who thought of that, man? It's like, let's make these tracks. Pretty good way of making money there. Man, the engineers, right, who had to come up with, all right, how are we going to build these tracks and stuff like that? So it's a whole trial and error type of thing. I'm sure there's multiple different designs that came before then, just people messing up, and then someone came along with the right idea, and we just kept it. Yeah, and um, they had people pulling the train. Um, I don't know how historically accurate this is, but there's a movie called uh, Spirit. It's a cartoon movie about a horse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at one point, they have a Native American that they got uh, captive and they got him as part of the people pulling the train like they're they're i guess it's not efficient to burn the oil to move the train like 100 feet as they're building the track oh yeah it's like whenever you drive like the first step you take to move your truck it's probably the most uh, uh energy consuming uh step right there because you could ride with momentum afterwards mm -hmm. yeah but i remember seeing that like that's pretty crazy i bet there's got to be some kind of merit to that. I've never, I've never read about that, but I mean, they. I'm pretty sure the writers or whatever of that movie did their research, but it makes sense, you know. Why would you start up the train to move it 100 feet? That's wild. Like, what is that? The, the military had one plane that they, uh, it couldn't start. It, no, it could start. It, it uh, whenever it reached a certain, uh, I think like Mach three or something like that, it needed to be at least at. Uh, Needed to be dropped off at Mach 2 for it to start or something. I can't remember what the hell it was called. Well, wasn't there like a anti-tank gun that was essentially just like a gun that could fly? <laughs> I didn't remember. Okay, that. it was so powerful that like when when they would deploy the bullet, it would it would stall the engine. <laughs> so they designed it so that it would start up as soon as you deployed the bullet. That's crazy. Yeah, they, and it was like they didn't even call it a plane. Like the whoever wrote it, uh, whoever was driving it, they didn't even call him a pilot. They just called him a stick operator. A stick operator. Yeah, like because it wasn't a plane, dude. It was a gun. <laughs> Anti tank. I think. Uh, what was it? The tip of the bullet was made of uranium. So it's like uh, the guy I watched um, explaining it. He's like, just in case you wanted to destroy a tank that was hiding behind another tank <laughs> uh, yeah they it was made by general electric general electric <laughs> the people electric. that make your refrigerator because america <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny and how that's how you make money right diversifying that's it man you can't you can't just make fridges don't, and yeah. don't put microwaves. all your eggs in one basket yeah that actually reminds me of the whole, like, um, I was working with a guy that, uh, he was an elderly guy that worked in construction, and he was saying how um, they should cancel NASA so they don't have to limit Social Security or something. Instead of funding NASA, they should fund that, but I feel like you should never cancel NASA, man. Like, we learned so much from that. You get me? It's like, you learn by experimenting, and then that thing you discover there might not have any application in that aspect. Mm -hmm. We'll have an application somewhere else, like in the medical field or something. Hell, even in construction or something. Just yeah. Different ways of doing things. What is it? Uh, the golden ratio? You heard about that? Yeah. Yeah, so like, 
you know, that that's reaffirmed by looking at space. That's just applied everywhere in life. You know? Yeah, pretty much, man. What was your first big screw up at work? For this job <laughs> here, actually, now, for for this job I'm working in, actually, I don't know if it was my screw up, but I ordered it, so I guess it is my screw up. I inherited it. Uh, so I was asked to order a material, right? And, you know, it's it's weird because you, you should never really, uh, blame is a weird thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's like everybody has their hand in the cookie jar. Everybody's getting paid. And when somebody asks you to do something, you have the capability of doing your own due diligence and looking at it to see if something's needed or not. But I decided not to do that. I decided to do as I was told and not to think about it. You get me? Right. So I ordered this thing called a sauna too, which is a, which, uh, is a piece of uh, cardboard. It's a big roll that uh, you use to pour concrete in or something. Sometimes it's used just to retain dirt or something or if you want to fill something up. But yeah, I ordered a, a five uh, foot diameter, 12 foot long piece of cardboard. I ordered six of them. I think that was like $12,000. And the thing is, we were not able to use them. Wow. So they were trash. Every day after at work, for like two, three weeks, I'd look at these things. <laughs> oh my gosh. They're just sitting right out there. And I'm like, wow, I ordered that. But like, yeah, the other guy told me to do it, but the mm-hmm. thing is, I ordered them, yeah, and then I didn't do my own due due diligence to actually, hey, why am I ordering this? You know, think mm-hmm. about it. It's like sometimes you get in just in a groove and you're just doing as you're told, and I really think about why you're doing things. Mm-hmm. That's I feel like whenever you start actually knowing what you're doing, and I guess I guess that's what makes a professional really. So that's how much of an amateur I am, where I'm not really a trying to understand every step of the way i'm just trying to get as much done as i can so yeah i guess yeah yeah that was my my first mess up was ordering that those sauna tubes <laughs> twelve thousand dollars looking at them every day wow. like they'd always ask me hey what are we gonna use those for <laughs> yeah. i'm like i don't know man i can't use them at all now <laughs> i don't know not yet at least <laughs> yeah now we ended up throwing them away oh my gosh yeah <laughs> Wow, Ain't no resale value. No resale value. Oh Custom made items. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, in in Phoenix, we're making a uh, an office space. We're remodeling in an, an office space, and uh, I ended up messing up on making some aluminum frames. Right, uh, these things were like you make them custom to size. You have to make the opening fit. The opening has to be properly made, leveled, and all of that. Think of a square. It has to be nice and perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you have a lot of existing conditions whenever we remodel a building. So you have to get pretty accurate since metal isn't something, especially aluminum, it's not something you just beat in and it has to retain its shape. It's a finished product. It's supposed to be elegant. It's supposed to be smooth. And you're going to sit glass in it, so it has to be pretty damn straight. <laughs> so, yeah, I ended up messing up that, that too. Right? That was my first time messing with aluminum frames. I think it was like a good... Uh, 10 20 grand mess up too wow it's like wow man that, that happened right <laughs> it's like wow that's i learned not to do that again i learned to triple check everything i do and hell even the first time i, I thought i did the thing right i thought i did all i checked all my openings it was like I think 60 openings around the whole building and uh, we ended up uh, having to trim a drywall all around a lot of the openings it caught we, we the aluminum frames were made right we had to adjust all the drywall around and whatnot. 
yeah that guess that was another learning experience yeah i always um try to think whenever i feel like everything's going right like i feel like that's when you have to that's when you have to stop and like make sure because especially it's easy to make mistakes once the ball's rolling and like everything's you know everything's been going good so far like so why would i need to double check anything and the thing is you don't know you're wrong up until the last moment what hold on let's make it i can we pause it yeah yeah work never really ends man you always it'll like follow you especially like mm -hmm. man that's why your salary yeah, i'm salary yeah I'm a, <laughs> I'm a slave to my job man yeah i thought about doing um getting something salaried but then at the same time i don't know because i have like days off you know and i'm like in group chats and stuff where like where i work at right now and uh stuff comes up and i'm like I'm off the clock, man. I'm at my house. Oh, man. I'm never yeah. off the clock. I'm happy man. about that. What's the most elaborate thing you've uh, you've helped build? At Peace Park in Austin, uh, we built something called this tree structure. kind of looks like the Death Star, really. It's this massive ball of metal that uh, we put a net in. We are actually able to actually go inside of it and lay down on that net. It's a pretty good size uh, ball of metal. It's a... Uh, I want to say it's a so maybe thirty feet in radius all around basically, and you could it has a as a walkway in the middle. Oh wow! You could actually walk inside the metal ball. It has a bridge and everything. It'll let you walk into it. And that's pretty cool. That's in in commercial construction. Most of the time, you're not able to go back into it. But at that, I helped uh, remodel a park, and that that's pretty cool. I'm actually glad uh, I was a part of that. It's something I could actually enjoy. I could actually go back there and do that. And that tree structure there, that's something pretty uh, pretty elegant. Is it like suspended? No, no, it's stationary object. It's a, uh, it's on the ground. It's a, uh, tell it's a big bottle ball of metal. Okay. It has its own trusses and all that stuff. Its own metal structure holding it in place. Dang, that's cool. That sounds that sounds fun. <laughs> um, remember in Austin, I gotta go check it out. That's the first thing I built in Austin. I helped build. Is that um like since you moved in, uh, since you moved there recently, or was that from before? No, it was it was, it was one of the oldest parks in Austin, and uh, we just remodeled a certain phase, like I think around uh, nine acres of land or something. Oh well. Wow. Oh, that's a pretty big park. It's, it's a good sized park. It's it's a nice area. It has a splash pad, kids playing it, and all that stuff. Actually, speaking of mess ups, right there, uh, that uh. Some of those walls we had to uh, demolish because uh, the, there was a cold joint, and we used architectural co colored concrete to make those. You can see a cold joint running right in the middle. And concrete, whenever you have two different batches of concrete, now two different batches. If your concrete does not cure at the same time or mm -hmm. at, at an even time frame, like let's say there's like an hour or two gap in concrete trucks, then you end up something. That's called a cold joint, which it'll affect. It could affect structural integrity. It's basically when concrete cures at two different times, basically. So you end up with two you distinct color along that, along those two different pores. And this was a wall. It was an exposed architectural wall that was not going to get painted. You could see that line, and just it wasn't aesthetically pleasing. So we had to demolish that wall. And, wow. Yeah. You know, so it's a nice work at a destroy <laughs> all the work that it took to install the rebar to clean out the area mm -hmm. to pour the area you have to have a 
a pump truck there because you can't really just uh uh have a concrete mixer to pour a wall you get me yeah, it's pretty yeah. high up mm-hmm. so you have to use a a, a, con- a concrete pump to pour that concrete uh-huh. yeah you have to demo that wall basically redo it again and it'll cost you three times as much to you know to do it <laughs> if you get it wrong whose fault was that uh, that was that was a concrete plant they they didn't send us a, uh, the concrete at a reasonable time and concrete walls man how does that go up you just like so you have these uh truck pumps that like have the, these long booms like a long arm that reaches in it's like a, a straw basically and then you just pour concrete in a chute at the bottom. And this pump will extend out maybe 30, 40 feet out. And it'll pump concrete into the truck. And it'll, it'll, it has a system to push the concrete through. It's being fed through a straw there. You get me? That, that straw just moved around. Sometimes, like, the, the truck, the, op- the, the operator of the truck has this remote control that can control the pump. And you can move the, the, the straw of sorts around. So you can fill in walls or areas you can't typically reach, especially elevated areas. But but is there like a mold there? Or? Oh, yeah. You have formwork, like two pieces of uh, formwork holding that thing, giving it its shape. Okay. And the concrete in there just fills that void in there. And that's your wall. You'll remove that that uh, that formwork. Or you'll strip that off and you'll have your concrete wall once it cures. Mm-hmm. And the formwork is usually like what, wood? It's with wood, yeah. Sometimes you'll use metal. It depends. What type of finish you want to give your concrete? Dang, it's crazy. That sucks, man. You were talking about uh, earlier about people stealing. <laughs> What's the most expensive thing that got stolen off a of site? Something stolen off a of site. I mean, all the time you have people like stealing copper wire. I mean, that's pretty expensive. Hmm. Just to sell it? Just to scrap it. Yeah, wow. pretty much. That's yeah. what, they, they steal tools. Um, yeah, pretty much, man. Like, copper wire, it gets pretty expensive. I think in one job they stole like... Sixty thousand dollars worth of copper. It's like you'll, you'll buy uh, your material. You get me. It's cheaper to buy it in in bulk, so you have it there, so your yeah. electricians or your plumbers can run it. The electricians pull copper wire, and then your plumbers uh, for your water lines will use copper for the most part, and um, for your drinking fountains and things like that. And uh, yeah, it's. <laughs> Yeah, it was in a job where they ended up uh, cutting into like their storage racks and just straight up stealing it. Oh my gosh. That's crazy, man. Yeah, not too long ago, I think somebody stole a bulldozer <laughs> off a of site. It was on <laughs> it was on Hood News. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty crazy. Stealing a piece Dude, of equipment. Stealing a bulldozer, man. <laughs> I think those things have like tracking devices or something. Though. Oh, so who gosh. knows? It might have been an inside job that they got away with it. Yeah, or maybe most likely, right? Dang, I didn't think about that. Because I, honestly, I think they did get away with it. Well, yeah, who knows, man? I a never lot heard. Of things it. have like tr- like equipment wise. I think they have tracking devices. I mean, what, why else would you rent something out like that? Mm-hmm. You get me? Yeah. Or, or, no, or yeah. the owner is gonna have to pay for it or something, or they don't have they have insurance. No, yeah, they, they leave them on site. You know. You would think, <laughs> at least you would hope that they got tracking devices. You also get randomly calls when people climb your crane. Hmm. People climb cranes a lot, too. And what's that for? Just to take pictures, <laughs> just see up there. You could climb a crane, like, because those things are really tall. Yeah. Get, they can be pretty tall. 
So, like, I think in Austin we had a, a guy climb a crane, like, three times. That same guy, he went to jail for one day or something. Wow. He got released the next day. And, like, two weeks later, he'd do it again. Is he just trespassing? Pretty much. I mean, it's pretty dangerous, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's trespassing. So, they, like, climb up the crane? Like, aren't you supposed to be in the basket as it goes up? The thing about a crane is... You could easily climb inside of it. It has a ladder. Mm-hmm. You could climb all the way up. Okay. There's like little to nothing stopping from doing that. So we like enclosing them with like a little plywood box. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> it's meant to deter and not to prevent mm-hmm. really. Yeah. Because if you want to do something, you'll do it anyways. Yeah. That's how I feel about locking doors sometimes. It's like, yeah. Like people still break in your house, mm-hmm. even though you have a, a locked door. Like uh, you're deterring the person. You're not stopping the person. Yeah. That's crazy. You think, um, like our cars, you know, like it's just glass, <laughs> the window. <laughs> like we lock them, but you can very easily just break the glass. Damn, well, I, I got I had my truck stolen here in, in Houston one time when I was at work. Really? <laughs> yeah, it was crazy, man. I was like down in downtown Austin, in Houston, I mean downtown Houston. And uh, I was getting off work like at 4 p.m. And I was walking towards a lot. I had my truck parked then. Then it was gone. Oh my Never gosh. found, man. Never found. <laughs> Never found, dude. That's crazy. <laughs> when you tell your insurance, man. like, dude, someone stole my truck. I filed a police report and everything. Yeah, good insurance. Yeah, yeah I had a, I had decent insurance, okay. but like, uh, yeah, I had full coverage on it. It wasn't any, anything fancy. Actually, I think I got really lucky. That was a learning experience too. <laughs> Make sure I have full coverage next time. Oh man, was and there I, uh, every time? Was there a video of the people taking them? That no, I big. No, I, I actually I didn't. I never asked. I feel like that's something my insurance company should have done. I mean, I had full coverage on it. Like, yeah, pay me for it, man. It wasn't anything fancy. It was a beater truck. I think I was paying more for insurance than, than the truck was worth. Was it the one with the uh, the, the blue truck with the, blue, the firefighter mural yes, on the back? <laughs> yeah, I love that truck. That, that truck was, was a classic. Single cab truck. Yeah, that was crazy. They stole to, that thing. Used to pile like ten people in the single cab. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Ten more people in the bag. Damn, that's crazy. Hey, man, thanks for doing this with me, dude. Uh, we can do it again next time. Yes, sir. Another time. You said next year. Yeah, next year. Do one more. <laughs> we year do it once now. a year. Yeah. Steve didn't really have anything to plug. He's not flashy like that. I think the important takeaway from this episode is hide your trucks, hide your cranes, and hide your dozers, because they stealing everything out here. <laughs> Links to connect with me are in the show notes. Instagram, LinkedIn, heck, even my website. Like always, let me know what you think of the show, what you like, what you don't like. I'd like for this show to serve some kind of purpose, whether it's educational or entertainment. The last thing I want to do is waste your time. So if there's anything I can do to make the show more enjoyable for you, let me know. Thank you for listening all the way to the end, and we'll talk next time. Peace.